Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering, well, on today's season finale episode. Woohoo, season finale! We are covering the case of Allison Bota. And joining us today is our special guest, Kristen. Kristen! Hi, Kristen. Thank you for joining us. Now, some of you callers may recall from last week's episode. I mean, we recorded them both today, but it's airing. Fuck, fucking whatever. You but, know what? It's okay. It'll <laughs> all work out. Right. But Kristen was our season one winner on Guess Who the Season Finale was in our little pop-up contest that we did. And it just so happens, she's local. We love ourselves some local people. Yes, we do. And we invited her to come do our season two finale of Survivor Stories with us. So, what's going on? Tell us about yourself, Kristen. I am a mom of two boys. Um, they are my pride and joy. They're way too much of a heartache, but they will survive this life. I'm sure of it. I've been at Dentex for six years now. It's a job. It makes me money. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, that's a good thing. Like, it makes money. Yeah. It's not my ideal job. I went to school to be a vet tech. And been fighting trying to get my state license for that. The state screwed it up for me. Well, and an so. interesting thing, Vet Tech, in our story today, we actually are going to be men- mentioning a vet. Oh, that is right. She. Well, don't ruin it. I'm just saying, hey, yeah, I know. A yeah. But yeah, so Kristen and I actually work together. For those of you that don't know, we I've worked with Kristen now for a year because I just recently moved over to that building. And I've loved every bit of getting to work with her, and she has been such a big supporter of the podcast. So we really just thought it would be awesome to have her on, not only as like, from just being a winner, but also because this is kind of a wedding gift to her, you know, just as something, you know, our way of just kind of giving back and, you know, letting her see this process and see what you do on a daily basis when we when we record. Are you, like, looking forward to doing this at all? Like I am. I'm just nervous because it's something new and different for myself. I mean, nothing to really be nervous about. Yeah, definitely don't be nervous. This you is know, not anything you, to be nervous about. Right. You talk shit. People don't know what you, you look like. They only hear your voice. That is true. Oh, but you're just so quiet. <laughs> We're going to keep this fucking banter going until you get your voice right. So get your shit together, Kristen. Oh, wait, hold on. I can't talk shit about you right now. You can see me. Don't pick on her. You're so, you're such a meanie. You're- I mean, I feel like throughout the two seasons, everyone has picked up by now. I'm the mean one. Right, and I'm the <laughs> sassy one. Everybody gets it. <laughs> so where are you from, Kristen? I am from Grand Rapids. I mean, I don't feel like you and I ever get out to Grand Rapids much, do we? No, not really. But then, but then again, ever since the lockdown and um, my injury, I've become super antisocial. And I just hate all people, pretty much. You don't hate all people. You just hate some people. All right, all right. I hate some people. Kristen, tell him it's okay. He doesn't have to hate everyone. You really don't have to hate everyone. I mean... Just the murderers. <laughs> yeah, just just the murderers. 
Okay, so that's definitely enough of picking on Kristen, husband. Okay, okay. Maybe we cease do some shout-outs. Fire. We'll, we, will, we will do some shout-outs. Gosh, you're such a jerk face. <laughs> so we have Brittany H. Joyce S. And Sandra A. Okay, so before we get into this case, somebody <laughs> decided that he was going to have us, like, color code all of this. Which was, I mean, it's fucking nice. I mean, since there's three of us. However, <laughs> Goldie McGoldfish over here, after deciding that everybody else was wrong, um, can't remember fucking colors to save his life. <laughs> after I assigned everyone the color and we went through the script, I kept <sighs> screwing it up. And I think you even screwed <laughs> it up now. Am I teal or am I yellow? You're, I'm blue. Okay, well then we screwed it up at the end. Oh, see, I knew I had it. <laughs> I'm I'm blue. <laughs> I'm blue and you're yellow. Oh my god. This is turning into a shit show to be an end all shit shows. Season finale shit show. Hey, you know, it wouldn't be a good season finale if it wasn't a little bit of a shit show. True story. Is that right, Kristen? Am I blue? I thought you were yellow and Keith was blue. Oh my god. No, oh, Keith it fucking egg. Keith is blue. Man, that was that was something, wasn't it? That was something else. Color coding I, is not our friend. Yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna stop hating people for a while, and I hate fucking colors now. Fuck those colors. Fuck the colors. <laughs> Anyways, so on the season finale, I'm gonna need y'all to just buckle the fuck up because it's about ready to get real, real, real quick. We are going to be covering the survivor story of Allison Botha. But before we get into what happened and when, let's discuss just a little bit about Allison's background. Allison was born on September 22nd, 1967 in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Her parents divorced when she was seven years, oh, I'm sorry, 10 years old, and she spent most of her childhood living with her mother and brother. She lived a fairly normal life growing up. Allison even severed, oh, I almost said severed. I fucking put is, severed. You, she okay. severed nobody. She did not sever anybody's head. That's horrible <laughs> because of what we're about ready to get into. Oh. So, Allison even served as head girl at the collegiate high school for girls in Port Elizabeth. What is a head girl, you may be asking? I mean, I already know. Anybody that's read Harry Potter should know. They're the people that take charge of everything. But we're going to read what Ryan said. A head girl would be our equivalent to student class president. Okay, first of all, dick. Um, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm just we have sorry. we have people that you know our callers are not all Harry Potter. Hey, callers! I need all of you to peoples. raise your hand if you've ever read Harry Potter before or seen a movie of theirs, because they're only a multi-billion-dollar corporation. Do you, do you hear that? Do you hear all of those yeah, people I'm, raising their hands, husband? I'm, I'm here seeing nobody's arm hand raised. Ooh, yep. See, you know I, I don't even know why your hand isn't raised. I mean, You've I'm looking them. to the left at the wall, so I still don't see none mm, of y'all. You're about ready to go to the left, to you the left. What? Everything you own going to be in the box to the left. Mm. hmm After graduating high school, she spent a few years traveling. After that? She returned back to Port Elizabeth and found a job as an insurance broker. I almost said it, an insecure broker. God, I cannot what is that? read today. There, I, what would be an insecure broker? 
Hmm. Like you go in and they're like, hi, what can we help you with today? So I'm feeling a little insecure. <laughs> well, what is your credit score of insecurity? I don't know. It's like a 480. It's broken. Yeah, it's broke. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. We can't give you insecurity here at <laughs> First Bank of Keith and Ryan. We need you to have at least an 880 for us to give that to you. <laughs> because that is a whole other fucking tangent I could get on. Why is it that you can't get credit if you don't have credit? Oh, God, moving on. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I'm just a little miffed. Not like I'm trying to get it, but I did look into it. <laughs> so she worked as a job for an insurance broker. There is a little brief history on Allison. And as you can tell, she did have a pretty normal life growing up. That would all come to an end in 1994. So let's hop into our good old trusty time machine and head back to 1994. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when you're dead. Cannot be held responsible for any lost limbs. More specifically, December 18, 1994, still in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Allison, 27 years old at this time, had a wonderful day out at the beach with some friends. After the beach, they all went back to Allison's apartment for some pizza and games. Sounds like my kind of a party. After most of her friends left, she was kind enough to bring home her last friend and then head back to her apartment. After parking her car, Allison reached over to the passenger seat to grab the bag of clean laundry she had to bring inside. Before she knew it, a stranger armed with a knife ripped open her driver's side door and demanded that she moved over to the passenger side or he would kill her. Reluctantly, she complied. When the stranger got into the car, he claimed that he didn't want to hurt her and just needed the car for an hour. Then he sped off with Allison sitting, terrified, in the passenger seat. The stranger headed to another part of town to pick up one of his friends. All right, I think I would be shitting my pants if I'm like, do-do-do-do, grabbing my, my laundry from my passenger seat, and then just whoosh, door gets ripped open, and you turn and see someone standing there with a knife? That would be absolutely terrifying. Right, like, what do you what what do you do at that point? What can you do at that point? I would probably just listen and <laughs> do what I he told me to so I could get home to my kids. So so you're you're essentially saying you would have done exactly what Allison did. I'm calling such bullshit on that right now because I know Kristen and I know her family and let's just go back to a few fucking months ago when her sister was very willing to run my ass over with a car all because she didn't know who the fuck I was. And that is not something that is, like, taught. Like, that is inherently in you because <laughs> her mama is a good mama. Instead of some strange-ass person tries to come up on you, run their ass over with a car. So, Kristen is trying to be all formal right now and being like, oh, I would comply. She would not. She is too much of a badass. She'd be like, who the fuck are you? And why the <laughs> fuck are you in my goddamn... Get the fuck out. She'd be like, you, you listen... I got too much shit to do, and I've got too much on my plate right now to be dealing with your broke ass breaking up into my car. Please get the fuck out. Or if you can't get the fuck out, I got kids at home. Please go take care of them. Mama needs a motherfucking break. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Apparently, Kristen may be holding back. Maybe just a little. I did almost go to jail once. Oh, shit. Hold on. I'm sorry, callers. We're going to be taking a little interjection as Kristen tells us about that story. 
<laughs> it was a few years ago. Uh, my sister had her friend living with uh, my parents, and she was using my parents and myself and my sister. My parents asked her to leave. My sister had asked her to leave. She didn't want to. She showed up at the house drunk, trying to pick up her kids, and then she tried to have a conversation with my dad without my mom, and my, my dad had told her that anything she had to say to him, he, she could say in front of my mom. And my mom went to say something and she looked at my mom and she told my mom that if my mom didn't shut the fuck up, she was going to punch her in the face. And my mom looked at me and asked me to go get some trash bags inside. I walked inside. I was inside for all of two minutes, walked outside, and this girl was nose to nose with my mom. I politely stepped in between her and my mom. I looked at her and I said, I love you, but you can back the fuck up off my mom. And I shoved her into my vehicle. She decided to call the cops. You, you shut, hold on. You shoved her like into the side of like where your vehicle doors opened or no? No, my oh, vehicle okay. was shut. She just went into the side of my vehicle. Oh, geez. So yeah, apparently, apparently, uh, Kristen was holding back a little. Yeah, I had a lot of questions there because I thought, did she just do what these people did I mean, to this poor woman that we're about ready to talk about? Did she, was she the person that broke into the car? Was she the crazy with the knife? Oh, God. Yeah, I don't I ever mean, want to That's see. kind of what I was thinking. You with a knife would be terrifying. I'm just going <laughs> to let that be known right now. Now, so we don't have to keep referring to them as strangers, the driver's name is actually Franz or piece of shit number one. And that friend that he went to go pick up is Theonus. I, I don't even give a shit if I slaughtered it, because it's also, or piece of shit number two. It, it's it's like the anus. That's just, that's just too much to unpack. Hi, this is my new baby, the anus. <laughs> that would be a lot of unpacking to do to anybody <laughs> he met. True story. So, after shitbag number one picked up the number two... They proceeded to take Allison to a secluded area just outside of town, trying to be upfront and honest with Allison. I need to pause for a moment. Can we talk about how his name, how we read that just for a quick second? Because his last name is Theonis, which is Anus. And then he was number two. Do y'all get it? <laughs> number two. That's right, callers. We did a poop joke in the season finale. <laughs> they told her they were going to do the terrible awful to her and questioned if she was going to fight them on it. She knew she was trapped, outnumbered, and she remembered the knife. Allison agreed to not fight with the assault. I mean, again, like, what do you do at this point? You're in the middle of fucking nowhere with these two shitbags. Um, can you fight it? I mean, I'd probably knee him in the balls and probably <laughs> aim for the nose with a punch. Yeah, My dad taught me well on that. After after hearing that story, I don't think there's much. You probably wouldn't be trying to throw down with them. <laughs> They'd be running. <laughs> I'm only mean sometimes. <laughs> after they took turns doing the terrible awful to Allison, they decided they had to kill her. So she couldn't turn them in for their crimes. At first, they tried to suffocate her. Allison loses consciousness, but was still alive. This frustrated the assholes, so they de decided to take their brutality up a whole new level. But before we get into that horrifying night in December of 1994, let's take a mini break from a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for better insurance from home, auto, and life? Call Andy at 616-777-3202 for all your insurance needs. Let Andy from Shield Insurance help you save money like he helped us. 
You can also text the phrase, call us dead to Andy again at 616-777-3202 so he knows that the Call Us When You're Dead family podcast sent you. And why not get on that money-saving train? Now, back to the episode. As we mentioned before the break, Dumb and Dumber failed at suffocating her. They ended up stabbing Allison 30 times in the abdomen slash stomach area. She even recalls that dumbass number one specifically wanted to mutilate her reproductive organs. What the fuck? Right? Oh, oh, God, I'm not a woman. I could never imagine ever, ever having somebody openly say to me, I want to ruin your reproductive organs. True story on that one. That's why we're going to turn to Kristen to find out how she feels about somebody saying some shit like that. Honestly, I wouldn't know what to think. I'd probably try to fight for my life and try to run as fast as I could, even with all of the stab stab wounds and slashes to my stomach. I mean, mean, true, true story. I, I, I can't even imagine. That is just insane. Luckily, dumbass number one is a dumbass and failed anatomy class because none of those 30 stab wounds would hit or damage any of her reproductive organs. How dumb do you have to? I'm a gay man, and I know where they are. I mean, you would think with, believe it or not, I'm actually a gay man as well. What? What? That's fucking crazy. You're telling me you're homosexual? Yeah. You can't live here anymore. I'm sorry. (laughs) That goes against my Christian moral belief system, and I cannot have that in my home. Anyways, I feel if I was looking at... A, a female's body, and I had 30 guesses to stab to say, hey, did I hit a reproductive organ? He I would get let, it right at least twice. I mean, it would be two more times than that fucking dipshit got, and he actually did it. I mean, that is true. <laughs> With these idiots looking over her and proud of what they did, practically opening up and gutting Allison, her leg twitched, implying that Allison was still alive which frustrated these inbreds even more. They couldn't believe it. Now it was principal to them with wanting to end her life, so they took their brutality to the maximum level. Fuck your principal. (laughs) I'm all for principal in this household. My husband has taught me the matter of principal. I feel like it's some fucked up Holland thing, but fuck your principal. (laughs) Right. So true on that. They decided that they would slit her throat 16 times. Let me repeat that so that it can sink in just a little bit more. Not only did they stab her in the abdomen and her stomach 30 times, they slit her throat 16 times. Now satisfied that Allison was finally dead after all the damage they have done to her. They just walked away like they did nothing wrong. Allison obviously felt defeated at the time, barely clinging onto life, Yet, she didn't want these guys to get away with what they did to her. She heard these guys talking and using their names, so she used whatever bit of energy energy she had left to leave a clue for the police. Allison wrote both their names in the sand by her body. Then, beneath that, she wrote, I love you, Mom. As she was laying there waiting to die, Allison seen some headlights, and it triggered something in her, like a new sense of hope that somebody would actually help her if they could only see her. So, changing her mind and knowing that she wanted to live, she also knew her real fight was just about to begin. So, Ryan, I want to also 
uh, just kind of add because we didn't talk about it. When she's laying there and she is dying, she talked about her like floating up from her body. And she said, I could hear music and I heard a voice ask me, do you want to live? And she replied back, well, I don't want my mom to find me this way. And so she said, the voice said to her, we'll go on and live. And so I feel like I know not everybody is spiritual. I know that I personally have faith, but I really just feel like for her, that was a call it God, call it whatever you want. Somebody intervened and was like, listen, you got a choice. You can either come now and just, you know, be done, or you can keep fighting and we can get you to the end of this. And I feel like that is the thing, knowing like her love for her mom and knowing that she wouldn't want her mom to ever find her like this is the thing that is going to truly push her to be the survivor that we're going to talk about more of. As Allison got up to her knees, she realized she was still looking at the stars for some reason. This was because she was nearly decapitated from the 16 slits to her throat. Before Allison could actually process that, she felt something protruding from her stomach. It was her intestines. She grabbed a jacket that was on the ground that one of the fuckheads left behind. After pushing her intestines and whatever other organs may have fell out back into her abdomen area... She wrapped that jacket the best she could around her to help hold everything in. The jacket helped the best it could, but she still used one hand to help hold her intestines in and used the other hand to literally hold her head onto her neck. Allison recalls in an interview, quote, As long as I struggled forward and my sight faded in and out and I fell many times, but managed to get up again until I finally reached the road. End quote. Then she collapsed, and she waited. Shortly thereafter, a young veterinary student came along, and he sees Allison's condition, and he knew he just had to help her. He used his vet training to put her exposed thyroid back inside of her body. Then he proceeded to call the paramedics. I got a question. What the fuck is a thyroid? Like, are they talking her neck? Yes, in her neck. Okay, because first I thought you were talking about something in your stomach. And I was like, I only know the thyroid in your neck because I know that like my family has thyroid issues. I thought that was all a neck thing. I didn't think that was something that was like in your stomach. So I felt real, real dumb there for a minute. No, it was it was in her neck. Remember, she's like practically decapitated. So right, I, I don't know I, if I you just like plop that thing back in there. I don't uh-huh. When Allison arrived to the hospital, doctors were astonished and amazed that she was still alive. She underwent several excruciating surgeries. They washed her intestines, reorganized her abdomen, fixed her digestive system, and reconstructed her neck. Okay, so I'm going to interject here. We need to talk about that this all happens in a 24-hour period that they're doing all of these surgeries to her. This is when the police are going to come in with a trachea down her throat, and they are going to ask her the names of the people that did this to her, even though that she has already wrote it down and identified them. The South African Police Department comes in, and the doctor had just gotten done working on Allison, and he tells him, like, she's breathing, but she's not really stable. 
She has left us a note, however, of the men that did this to her. The police look to their database and see that these men, their asshole one and asshole two, they show up in their database. However, with South African law, you have to physically name the people that verbally. Yep, with with verbal words and all. So what do they do? They go to Allison and we go to the doctor first and tell the doctor this. And the doctor says, there's no way in hell that I'm going to pull that trachea out of her. We just have reattached her head. And they're like, well, then we're not going to do anything. And the doctor says, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Let me go talk to Allison. So he goes in and he talks to Allison. And Allison, who is barely awake, writes the doctor and says, pull it out. And the doctor says, you know, I can't do that. And she says, pull it out. So they come in and he pulls it out. And she verbally is able to say dipshit one and dipshit two's names so that they could catch these guys. And if that isn't fucked up beyond belief for the simple fact of this poor woman has now been victimized, she has been, she has literally seen heaven come back. And now you want her to talk because God forbid her writing somebody's name down be good enough for you. Right, right. Overall, it took Allison about a month to recover from the physical wounds she received, yet she had to go back regular for routine follow-ups. Mm-hmm. And we have seen the photos of Allison on the documentary. It's called My Name is Allison. It is on Amazon. They are horrible. I would equate them to somebody that has been in a pileup and had to be physically removed from the car because it had crushed them. With the amount of scarring that has been done, not only to her throat, but to her um, abdomen and, uh, I will just say, it, her vagina area. It, it, it's bad. As she's gotten older, of course, like these these scars go down. But in, Right, and a lot of the reconstructive skin grafts and, and whatnot. She, exactly. She looks pretty good. Right, like considering. When, when, we, when you see her in the documentary, because she does talk through the whole thing, and you see her through the whole thing. You would not think that this woman that is talking is the same woman that is telling you the story that we are currently telling you about. So, normally, I ask Ryan to tell me about the trial. But this time, Kristen gets to tell me about the trial because it's my favorite fucking part of all of these when these dirtbags get sent to jail. So, Kristen, why don't you tell me about this trial? Eventually, she was talking to the police again. Allison told them she could remember every single little detail about the attack. She was easily able to identify both of them, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, from the photographs. They were arrested and convicted. Dumbass 1 was sentenced to three life sentences, while Dumbass 2 was only given one life sentence plus 25 years. I mean, I have questions about this one. I'm, I'm, I'm highly doubting either of you guys know, but I'm just throwing this out there. Franz gets the three life sentences and Anus whatever gets gets the one plus 25 years. Now, I know here in the U.S., one life sentence is like 25 up to fucking whatever years to like actual life. Or what do you guys think the one life sentence plus 25 years is? Do you think it could be like, okay, your one life sentence, you served jail time of 20 years, so that's done, now you get another 25 years? That could be. Um, maybe it's, you know, it could be 30 years too, plus another 25 on top of that. All right. 
Okay, so I want to say in South Africa that it is a life sentence is equal to 30 to 35, and that is their life sentences. However, we didn't touch on this, but we need to. And that is, or are we going to talk about it later on? No, uh, we were going to be bringing, uh, yeah, we were going to talk about that right now. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? The lineups. Yes. Okay. In South Africa in 1995, you, when you identified somebody, unlike the U.S., you would have to physically walk up behind them and put your hand on them. However, prosecutors did not feel like this was safe for Allison. I remember that they had to go through a lot to even get this part done. They didn't want to victimize Allison more than what she'd already been. So that is when South Africa changed to... How the U.S. does it. Yeah. So they they put up plexiglass, and it was like the one-way mirror. So Allison could see them. They couldn't see her, and she names them. And, and that law went forward from there on. And I, I don't remember the actual name of it. I want to say it's like Allison's Law was the name of it that they made. Yeah, I don't remember the exact uh, name of the law that got changed in South Africa. Right, but I want to say that they changed it to her name. Yeah. I I could be very wrong about it, but I want to say they changed it to Allison's Law, which was that uh, anybody that's been a victim of a serious, like, sexual or physical crime didn't have, does not have to uh, identify their perpetrators by physically touching them, that they're able to do it behind closed doors. Right, yeah. You said it all, but just thinking like if it was Allison after going through everything that she just went through and then according to South African law back then would have to physically go up and touch them to identify them and for the police to be like okay yep she identified them like I feel like there's multiple different ways to do it and I'm, I'm glad South Africa did change their law to do it how the U.S. does it where uh, the victim can be on the opposite side of that one-way mirror and can still see them clearly. Right, exactly, because you don't know, like, I know for damn sure that I'm not about ready to walk up behind somebody and be like, oh, Kristen, I know that I'm selling your ass out (laughs) for murdering me, and by the grace of God, I came back because now I will be an ever-haunting presence in your life. I'm just letting y'all know, try to murder me, I'm going to come back and haunt the fuck out of you. I could never imagine doing something like that, and then just, you would feel unsafe. You would have to feel unsafe at that point, because they don't, they don't have that protection. They sure the fuck don't have somewhere where they're going to keep her safe. Right. You got a take on that, Kristen? I don't think I could physically touch somebody that would have done what they did to her, to me. I'm glad the laws have changed. For sure, for sure. So, Ryan, can you tell me what this amazing, strong, beautiful woman is up to today? Absolutely. Allison began traveling the world to tell her survival story, and who the hell wouldn't? She told her story in over 30 different countries. She was one of the first women from South Africa to publicly speak about rape. This, of course, inspired other survivors to come forward and tell their stories as well. Allison also had several book, movie, and documentary deals telling of her experiences of that fateful night in December of 1994. In 1995, Allison won the prestigious Rotarian Paul Harris Award for Courage Beyond the Norm, Femina Magazine's Woman of Courage Award, and she even was honored with the Port Elizabeth's Citizen of the Year Award. Okay, hold on. Can I just say... 
Why the fuck does Holland not have Citizen of the Year award? You ain't winning it. I don't even oh, know why you're trying on. to get it. I'm just. People, you ain't getting callers, shit. Callers in West Michigan nominate me for Citizen don't of the Year. Don't nominate awesome. him. Don't I'm nominate awesome. him. Don't pull into that. Don't inflate that ego anymore. You guys do okay, not nominate Okay, well, now you're going to end up in jail because it sounds like you're trying to lure people into your van. <laughs> just saying, both for Ryan. Mm-hmm, this ain't, okay, calm it down. She got married in February of 1997. And remember one of the goons that failed anatomy class and that was wanting to destroy her reproductive organs and failed? She goes on to have two kids, one born in 2003 and the other in 2006. I knew that was going to make me cry because it made me cry in the movie because she was told she would never have kids. And I thought, oh my God, I couldn't imagine being her after all that. Right. And then never having kids. And then at the very end of that, they show her kids and I cried then. Now I'm crying. I knew I was going to. You're such an asshole. I knew there was a reason why you were having me read that. Got the tears on the season finale. (sighs) Fuck. We are going to end this story with a powerful message from Allison. Quote, Remind yourself that you do not have to take responsibility for what others do. Life is not a collection of what happens to you, but of how you've responded to what has happened to you. End quote. That is, and I just got like goosebumps from that quote. What does that quote say to you, Kristen? It's, it's a very powerful quote. It's, it regrounds everything for me. It, makes me realize that i am stronger than what anybody else can do to me and that's the same for her right right so i have been very reluctant to talk about this on the podcast but allison really just this quote reminds me of something that my mom once told me and that was own it when i was 18 i was sexually assaulted and it took me a long time of dealing with that and all i can say is that you are a survivor And you don't have to be the victim of it. And this quote of saying that life is not a collection of what happens to you, but how you've responded to what has happened to you really hits deep with me. I could have become very jaded. I could have become very angry at everybody over a situation that happened essentially to me. But instead, I I own it because there's, you know, nothing else that can be said other than it happened and people at work will know that i am very vocal about it but i have waited a long time to talk about it on the podcast just because i didn't know how i felt about it at first but i feel like this season finale of survivors is the perfect time to talk about myself being a survivor Right, and definitely from that that quote from Allison, the remind yourself that you do not have to take responsibility for what others do. Like, you cannot control what other people really do. Right, exactly. I couldn't control his actions. I could control mine. And I own what I feel like in my part is a mistake of things that I did, but it doesn't excuse the fact for what he did. Right. And there you guys have it. This is our season finale of Survivors. Oh, holy shit. I'm sorry that we ended that on such a heavy note. Normally, we don't do that around here, but I feel like it's almost unfair for me not to tell people the truth about my own story. Um, Right, right. You know, and now maybe some of you will understand why things like uh, sexual assault really are hard for me, and that's why we call it the terrible awful, because to me, that is how I've always related it, is the terrible awful. Like always, though, we do give numbers out, and so I'm going to have Kristen read the number for the National Sexual Assault Hotline. 
As Keith said, the number for the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 800-656-4673. And if you or anyone that you know is a victim of this, please do not hesitate to call that number. Again, that number is 800-656-HOPE. So, what did you guys think of this case? I mean, fucking nuts is just an an understatement. I'm just still trying to wrap my head around that. uh, I mean, that was a punny, but not really. The fact when Allison got up or to her knees and was like, why the fuck am I still looking at the stars to realize her head was back, you know, fucking flopping around like almost decapitated and having to like physically hold her head on top of her neck to to see i that just that part just really blows my mind it blows my mind too it just shows that how strong women can be or people in general i was gonna say come on bro guys can be strong too men can be just as strong (laughs) as us women can Bullshit. The, listen, you know why we only covered one man in this whole entire thing? Hey, that was a twofer. Right. <laughs> it was a twofer, but the same fucking case. Because every man decides they want to go fuck with a bear. Right. The survivor stories Her, I men. fucked with a bear, and the bear bared. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I'm going to go with Kristen's thing and say that women are a little bit stronger than men. Definitely smarter. Definitely a lot smarter. We are also the ones that push babies out. Out medication sometimes. That's fair. That's fair. How many babies you push out? I I took a big poop the other day. That doesn't count. Oh, okay. Well, then then again, maybe with you, (laughs) golf ball sized, golf ball like or softball sized, just bloop. But yeah, no, no toilet babies. Uh, Kristen, what was your uh, standout? Like, what what do you think of the case? You know, I'm just saying. I think it's an inspiring case. It's. It's just truly amazing how strong and how much will she had to live to further her life and become a better person. I, I mean, nicely said. Like, I could not agree more. Yeah, she she definitely took a circumstance that could have made somebody very jaded, um, made them hate everything about everybody around them and decided, fuck that. Like, you, you don't get to have that power over my life. And... I want to say that was another thing that she talked about in the documentary of like, you don't get to have that power over me. Definitely. Nobody can have any power over you. You are the person to control your life and how you want to live it and what defines you as a person. Right, right. So, okay. This episode is, like I said, Ryan got really lucky because we did two episodes in one week. So this lazy douche is going to have a couple of days off. Um, Not like I'm paying him. So... (laughs) I do it in love and kisses and not murder. After this episode airs, we are going to, like we did on season one, we are going to do a Q&A. So Ryan and I are going to just kind of go over our thoughts and our opinions on each one of the cases. We will probably even cover some of like the dumb laws that we did and just kind of go refresh those just because some of those were super stupid and super fucking fun to talk about. And then we are going into season three. Season three. What? What? Of Call Us When You're Dead. Are you ready? Murder or murderer on campus. Where we will be covering 10 crimes 
that dealt with either a murder happening on campus or the murderer being from the campus. Right. And trust me, there is a lot. And if I can get my grandma to come onto this, we may have another story of somebody that lived through something. Right. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. So, granted, these past 10 weeks of Survivor Stories have been phenomenal, inspirational. We're getting ready to get real dark because it's getting close to spooky season. We're 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 going we're going back to the murder. And we got you know, in August is getting ready to go back to school. So why not do back to school? Fair. You know, follow in a trend. But you know what trend you could follow? What's that? The one where you like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Oh, is that is that where you give us those five stars? Five stars. Hey, Kristen, how many stars? Five stars. Five star people give us those five stars everybody wants five stars also don't forget to follow us on the socials facebook.com slash call us dead follow us on tiktok at call us when dead where you can see some fun videos of us or better yet our big cat the sugar gliders or even our sweet lovable dogs or you can email us at call us dead at yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case ask some questions for our upcoming q a Suggest some cases for next season's murder murderers on campus or just to say hi. But until then, remember to stay strong, do everything with love, and know there is always hope. And if you forget, you can always call, call us when, when you're dead. dead. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> we just made a joke about being in personal space, and Kristen was like, hey, I'm okay with it. I told her it was probably a good thing. As we mentioned before the break. Oh, there we go again. Motherfucker. Okay, maybe that joke's a little much, but I, she I does know, survive. I know, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing, but I, I just... Sponsors. That's all. <gasps> just saying. I'm just saying. It might give people the better idea of how bad it was. Okay, or we could end up with a lawsuit, whichever one you want to pick. What? Why would we? What? Oh, because I said the P word? Yeah. Okay, fuck. That's going to be a fun outtake, though. The African police. Oh, yeah. South African, African. It's all Africa. It is? I thought yeah, I thought this South, was like south of in Africa. South South Africa is a country in oh Africa. Oh my god, this whole time tip of Africa. Okay, but for real, I need to talk about that I thought they were talking about like the south part of Africa, not the country South Africa. So now I feel like an idiot Good and that can cute. also be taken out. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on TikTok at Call Us Dead. Oh my fucking god, I did it again. <laughs> Remember to stay strong. Do everything with love. Hold on. Mother... <laughs>